Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Hey everybody, meteorologist Andrew Stutsky here with WQAD News 8 and the Storm Track 8 weather team. Uh, welcome to the podcast, Head in the Clouds. This is a new uh, podcast that we're trying out here at WQAD. Looking forward to this. We're going to make this a weekly thing, uh, talking about a wide variety of topics from flooding to tornadoes, current weather, even some past weather. We're going to look back at some of the more memorable events. And it won't just be me talking, so don't worry. You're not going to have to listen to me the whole time. We're going to also include some guests on here from time to time, uh, including some of our own in-house uh, folks here, some of my colleagues from Eric Sorensen to James Zahara. We'll pull them in from time to time uh, to talk about some specialty topics. going to start off uh, with a fairly relevant topic for this first podcast, though, and that is the increased risk for some river flooding that we're going to be seeing for the upcoming spring. Uh, now, last summer especially, and into the fall, you may remember, we dealt with some river flooding kind of on and off. We had a wet summer and an extremely wet fall uh, that has resulted in our ground being saturated. That was before winter even began and the ground even froze. So that's one of the main concerns we're having. Uh, not only that, of course, but now that the temperatures have been so cold, you've got a lot of ice forming on those rivers. And ice jams have been a problem for a number of weeks, especially on the Rock River. It's a much narrow channel of water uh, compared to the Mississippi. You don't typically see too many issues with ice jams on the Mississippi, but go to the Rock River and some of the other rivers, like the Wapsipinicon River, um, you could certainly see some ice jams there. Because just because you're dealing with that narrower channel, there's a lot more real estate, if you will, that the ice can grab onto uh, in terms of the sides of the river, the ground. Uh, the the, the uh, sides of the channel, if you will, grip that ice a little bit better. A lot more dams that they're going to be working with, a lot more bridges, too, that that ice can get caught up on. So it's going to be something we're going to be watching going into the spring, and it's certainly something the National Weather Service is watching, too. Uh, actually just releasing their first spring outlook last week. Uh, this was uh, February uh, 21st, I believe, or 23rd, rather, uh, when that first report came out. Uh, actually, it was the 21st. I was right. So the first report uh, explaining that we have an elevated to very elevated risk for some river flooding this spring. And this comes as no surprise. I want to go back and look at some of the data uh, in terms of how much rainfall we saw before we got really cold this winter, going all the way back to November. Uh, this also does include some of the snow melt, too. So kind of keep that in the back of your mind. But in November, we saw nearly half an inch more rainfall than we typically would during the month of November. That increased even more into the month of December, where we saw nearly three quarters of an inch uh, above average rainfall. And a dramatic increase as we went into January. That was a remarkable month. Uh, where we also saw quite a bit of rainfall there, too, where we had a rainfall of about an inch and a half above normal. So keep that in mind. The ground was saturated. And in fact, if you read the report from the National Weather Service, it's a fascinating uh, write-up. The level of saturation for the soil before we even froze it uh, was in the 99th percentile of saturation, of moisture content. 
That's not good, uh, especially when you come into a winter that features above-average snowfall, which we're in. Uh, of course, as of this uh, podcast, we're now sitting in the fifth uh, snowiest time period on record for the Quad Cities. Simply incredible uh, the amount of snow that we've had. But we've also had a lot of rain, too. And even for this month of February, which we're in right now, we've had about 1.2 inches more uh, worth of rainfall than we typically see in an average February. So we have a lot of things running against us in terms of seeing uh, some significant river flooding for this spring. So we've got the heavy rainfall. We've got the saturated soils. That's strike two, because what that means is if we get a lot of rain once the spring thaw comes, that rain is going to have nowhere to go. With the ground already being saturated, you've got the snow melting on top of that. Any further rain that we get this spring is only going to make things worse because that rain has nowhere to go. The ground is saturated. It's simply just going to run off and go right into the rivers and into the streams. So that is why the National Weather Service has put uh, a very much above risk for some spring flooding uh, for the upcoming uh, couple of months here. Now, the main river, I think, to watch is going to especially be not only the Mississippi River, but the Rock River. The Rock River has been running elevated uh, for several locations for several weeks now. Uh, a lot of snow melt yet to take place uh, across much of the area. And, of course, the ice jam is going to be a big issue. There's going to be a cold snap coming for the later half of February, especially as we get into the first week of March. That's going to build up more ice on that tributary, and that's something that will cause a lot more ice jams as that spring thaw uh, gets closer. We hope it gets closer anyway. We don't see any big signs of warmth, at least quite yet, but we know that it will eventually get here. Now, with the Mississippi River, what we need to be looking at is the amount of snow that sits off to our north across portions of Minnesota and Wisconsin. And I showed this map uh, around February 18th, and you can look at this right now on WQAD.com. Uh, just search for river flooding in the search bar, and this will come up. The title of the article is River Flooding, a Big Concern for the Upcoming Spring. But it's got a very important map in here, and it is the snow water equivalent map. What this map is showing is the amount of liquid water that's contained in the snowpack that's currently sitting on the ground to our north. So if we were to melt all of the snow, that is the amount of water that you would see. So it's essentially like if you got that much rainfall during the summer months and during the warmer months. It's an impressive amount. If I go uh, up towards Minneapolis, there is essentially three inches of liquid water sitting on the ground in that snowpack. Further to the north, to the north of Green Bay, when you get up uh, towards the Great Lakes region, there is four inches of water sitting in that snowpack. All of that snow is eventually going to melt in the coming weeks as our temperatures warm up and we get closer to that spring equinox. So all of that water is going to be entering the Mississippi River. It's going to be heading downstream towards us here in the Quad Cities. And what's going to be crucial to watch is how quickly temperatures are going to be warming up. If we get a rapid thaw, a rapid warm-up, uh, we've had some March uh, temperatures that have jumped into the 70s and 80s quickly. Uh, even some upper 80s have happened in the past. That's something we don't want to see. That would be a worst-case scenario that would send all of that water immediately into the Mississippi, and we'd be dealing with some big problems here. So we want a gradual thaw. We want some rain for the spring, but we don't want heavy amounts of rain. That would further increase significant risks for flooding. So that's a couple of the things that the National Weather Service is going to be watching uh, in the coming weeks ahead. So we have the concern because of the snowpack that's to the north. Our current snowpack here, 
our ground is saturated, and also river levels are already elevated. To put this kind of in some percentages, because these numbers just blow your mind when you hear them, the uh, accumulated rainfall that we've had since November 1st has been on the order of 125% to 150% of normal, much above normal. The accumulated snowfall that we've had, we're getting closer to that all-time record, 300% of normal that we see uh, for the time period from July to June. Of course, we haven't gotten into much of the uh, 2019 yet, but when you look at that time period, 300% of normal snowfall that is a mind-blowing statistic, uh, and it's no wonder that that flood risk is quite significantly elevated. So several things to watch on the riverfront. Uh, that's something the National Weather Service will be keeping a close eye on. We'll be expecting another report from them in terms of a spring flood outlook coming up likely uh, as we get into the second to third week of March. Now, another thing we want to talk about, too, uh, coming up because we're going to be seeing a lot more in the way of storms. Uh, in terms of severe weather, we have Severe Weather Awareness Weeks, which is going to be kicking off the uh, second week of March. And that's a week, especially in Illinois, that's the week of March 9th, where we focus kind of on our severe weather safety plan. Uh, we always want to have one of those in place. We have one here at WQAD. It's always been our philosophy when we have severe weather in the area. We break into programming. We stay with you um, until the threat is over. Uh, that's a philosophy that I love. It's one of the philosophies that drove me to uh, work at this station coming from Rockford. Uh, so it is nice to have that in place. Your priority, your safety is our priority uh, during times of severe weather. So severe weather awareness week coming up from March 9th. And what that is, is each day the National Weather Service will put out a snippet of information, uh, whether it be what's a watch versus a warning, what do you need to do for a severe thunderstorm warning, a tornado warning. By now, most of us growing up here in the Quad Cities in the Midwest in general, we know what to do. But it's always nice to have a refresher uh, and something to kind of remind us that we should have that plan of action uh, in place just in case that severe weather should begin to threaten us. Now, uh, what's interesting to note uh, concerning severe weather, I'm going to be talking about this a little bit more once we get into Severe Weather Awareness Week. Uh, but most of last summer, you might remember, it was fairly quiet around here. We had a couple good storm systems that brought some severe storms and a couple handful of tornadoes. But overall, our severe weather season was fairly quiet, not only here in the Quad Cities, but throughout much of the Midwest. And one of the contributing factors to that was a significant area of drought that was ongoing across the central plains from Kansas, Nebraska, uh, Missouri, even parts of southern Iowa, including southeast Iowa, were in significant drought. Not a whole lot of moisture, and that's one of the key ingredients you need to get a good severe weather episode going. If you don't have any moisture that can be evaporated from the ground, you don't have any moisture to fuel those storms. Well, what's interesting is, looking at the latest drought monitor, all of that drought has been nearly erased because of the active pattern we've had. All of the snow, all of the rain, including here in the Quad Cities, has also occurred to our west and our southwest, essentially erasing that drought. So that's going to be one of the things to watch as we get into the severe storm season coming up in the next months ahead. That moisture source has been replaced, likely could lead to an active severe storm season, especially depending on the jet stream where it ends up structuring itself. But that is certainly something that I've been looking at long term, uh, thinking we could potentially see a more active severe storm season here in the Quad Cities. That's something we'll certainly be watching in the months ahead. So those are a couple of things that are on my radar and I wanted to uh, kind of pull your attention in on, on this podcast here. As always, I would love to hear your feedback on this, what you like, what you don't like. 
Uh, if you have any specific questions, any certain topics you would love for me to cover, uh, I welcome those. You can email me at andrew.stutsky at wqad.com. You can also just search for my bio on the WQAD page. I know that last name is kind of a, a long one, a difficult one to spell. Uh, but, of course, you can find our bios and all that good information at our website at wqad.com. I would welcome your comments there. That would give me some further ideas for this podcast uh, and give us more topics uh, to discuss. So today we basically reviewed uh, the spring flooding risk, extremely elevated. Again, that's something we're going to be watching. We don't want heavy spring rains, and we also do not want a rapid thaw. That would be a big uh, problem as we get into uh, the warmer uh, weeks ahead here. Now, I want to kind of speaking of some temperatures, want to look ahead briefly before we conclude our first podcast here. Uh, looking ahead to the first couple of weeks of March, uh, it does look like it's going to get cold and it could actually get bitterly cold. Now, you've probably heard about the polar vortex, a lot of articles circulating online about that. And uh, one thing you need to know, of course, the main <laughs> chunk of the polar vortex, if you will, usually stays up towards the North Pole. We don't get the actual polar vortex itself over top of us here in the Quad Cities. But due to certain factors, one of them that does include climate change, Eric has talked about this, uh, the polar vortex will actually break itself up into chunks. There are warmer chunks of air that work into it that kind of split it off into different uh, sections, if you will. And those sections can occasionally sneak down into the northern part of the United States. And that's what we saw with our Arctic blast uh, this past February when we had those brutally cold temperatures uh, of negative 30 and wind chills of negative 50 to negative 60. That was a chunk of the polar vortex. But we have another one of those chunks coming down for the first part of March. It looks like it's going to hang out for at least the first couple of weeks that will send our temperatures below average, bitterly cold temperatures. We could see a couple days with highs limited to the single digits or low teens. Uh, One thing not working in the favor, though, of seeing that record-breaking cold air this time of year is we get a stronger sun angle. The sun is getting stronger. That angle is getting higher into the atmosphere, which means we're getting more solar radiation or more solar insulation here at the surface. That's keeping us warm. You may have noticed in your car during a sunny day, you don't even need the heat on anymore. It actually, the sun is strong enough to heat your car without turning your heat up to full blast, which is kind of nice to see. Uh, The sun's certainly feeling warmer on your skin, too. If you're outside and there's very little wind, you feel that warmth quite effectively. Well, that's why this Arctic blast that we're getting for the first second week of March is not going to be nearly as potent as what we had uh, this past February. The other thing you're going to be feeling, too, of course, wind chill value is going to plummet with this. We could see wind chills as low as 30 degrees below zero at times, but nothing as nasty as 50 or 60 below Uh, We're just not simply going to get temperatures that cold enough, especially this time of year, to be experiencing that. But that's something, again, that's going to impact rivers. It's going to build that ice back up, especially on those smaller rivers, the the more narrow rivers like the Rock River, the Wapsipinicon River. Ice jams will be likely as we head into the first part of March. So if you live along the river, uh, bottom line, you'll want to keep up to date with the latest river forecasts. I know a lot of you already do that. You're constantly watching the river out your backyard. Uh, My aunt, personally, a personal story for you, she actually lives along the Rock River just outside of Sterling and always keeping me up to date uh, with where the ice jam situation is, whether it's covered, whether it's gone out. Uh, So I know people that live along the river ordinarily keep tabs on it. But uh, even if you're removed from the river but you're still susceptible from flooding, 
This is certainly something you'll want to keep an eye on, and it is absolutely something uh, that James, Eric, and myself will continue to track, and we will always keep you updated uh, when it comes to high-impact weather like river flooding. I hope you've enjoyed today's podcast. Again, this has been meteorologist Andrew Stutsky here at WQAD News 8. You can contact me. All the contact info is available at WQAD.com. Would love to hear your feedback on this first podcast and also any future ideas uh, that you may have.